Glad you're here and happy holidays. You found Bills by the Numbers where we let the stats tell you where the Bills are at. We're presented by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Coming up, close games continue at a record pace league-wide. What does it mean? The 538's Josh Hermsmeyer joins us to explain. Have you ever heard of the four-point play? Well, the Bills have, and they're excelling at it. We'll tell you what that is as well. Let's chop it up! Season's greetings and welcome to Bills by the Numbers. Bills Wall of Famer Steve Tasker, Bills Insider Chris Brown here with you. And our jumping off point this week begins with the record pace of close games in the NFL this season. Week 15 was a wild one, to say the least, with three comebacks of 17 points or more, multiple defensive touchdowns for walk-off wins, and of course, one-score finals. Six teams, Buffalo, and Minnesota on Saturday, along with Detroit, Jacksonville, Kansas City, and Las Vegas on Sunday, came back to win after trailing in the fourth quarter. Steve, there have been 71 games in which a team has come back to win or tie after trailing in the fourth quarter, the most through the first 15 weeks of a season all time. Seven teams, including the Bills, each recorded a game-winning score in the final two minutes of regulation or overtime in Week 15, and there have been 56 games this season decided by a game-winning score in the final two minutes of regulation or overtime, the most through first 15 weeks of a season all time, with the Bills' win over the Dolphins being one of them with the game-winning field goal at the gun. 101 games decided by a touchdown or less, the most through 15 weeks all time. 14 of 15 games in Week 15 were within one score, eight points, in the fourth quarter, and there have now been 172 games within one score in the fourth quarter this season, the most through the first 15 weeks in NFL history. The NFL is averaging five-and-a-half game-winning drives per week. What's the deal? Unbelievable. I think one of the things it illustrates is that it's, <laughs> it's really hard to win games in the <laughs> NFL. It's really hard. you got teams that are maximizing their percentages at every turn. I, analytics has something to do with it. I think the ability, too, of the coaching staffs and the, the vetting process of the players coming through the ranks, from the Power Fives to the Division Twos, you know, to the you know, other college players that are coming into the league have also been exposed to higher levels of offense, more sophisticated forms of football, defensively and offensively. You're getting better athletes all the time, more polished pros coming into the league at younger ages. And they've been exposed to the reasons behind tactics and play calls. And when guys understand, have a d deeper knowledge of why they're, why they're not throwing the football all over the field at this point in the game, they buy in more and they play better and it becomes harder and harder to beat them. And that's all over the league. And I think one of the things as well is um, you got teams that as the game wears on, start to look at the analytics and it they're not just it's not all about just scoring as many points as you can it's about limiting your opponent's opportunities to come back and score against you yeah and that means you don't stretch it out you don't go out there and score 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 like the bills did in the playoff game against the new england patriots last year you maximize possessions you start thinking about the clock time and time management and the game changes subtly we've seen it with bills games often on this year the patriot game uh when the Bills just kind of strangled them, won by two touchdowns, but just strangled the life out of them. The same mm -hmm. thing with the, uh, with the Green Bay Packers. The, it was a 10-point win, 
but it was 17 before the Packers scored late, and he just never had a chance to come back in that game. Mm-hmm. Those kind of games illustrate the decision-making coming down the stretch in these games. Teams are not afraid of one-score games. Yeah, and to your point about subtle changes, like you look at the Bills game against the Ravens, you look at the Bills game against the Dolphins when they scored the game-winning field goal at the gun, and they kind of just took their time because they wanted to chew clock. They did not want to give another possession back to their opponent in either of those two games. They literally ran it down to a final kick at the end of the game. Now, those are ideal circumstances, but you got to execute for a long stretch of time to make that happen, and some teams are better at that than others. So what's the other course of action if you're not good enough to do it that way? I'm sure there are other means, and other teams have found ways to do that. I think, to your point about more talented athletes, you've got playmakers in this league yes. at a like a bounty of them like you've never had before. And I think it goes back to every year, what are we saying now? Oh, the wide receiver class is unbelievable this year. We're saying that every year. Yeah, I know, yeah. And it's- so I think it's easier for teams to either, A, get back into a game late, or B, uh, find a way to make a play when they've got to have one because they have an extreme talent at a playmaking position, more often than not wide receiver these days. And if you can couple one of those with a quarterback, even an average quarterback, yeah. think of the Vikings it's with all- Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson. You have right. an elite talent at receiver, and then <laughs> you've got a quarterback who's slightly above average but is like a 500 guy for his career. They're winning close games every single week because they got a guy that can make a play when they absolutely need to have right. one. And it's also the other side of the football. Defensive coordinators and defensive staffs are really finding ways to make it very difficult to snap off big plays. Somebody, even in the game this last week, the Bills against the Dolphins, you know, you've got a, you know, like Jordan Poyer, he jumped a route er- underneath to make, because he didn't believe Tua could make the throw. Tua makes the throw over the top and they snap off a big play. Yeah, Waddle. You've got to. You've got the only time you do that is when a, a defender makes a play or makes a gamble or somebody falls down uh, because they're so good at keeping a lid on the deep. Even with supreme athletes like Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill, it really becomes more and more difficult for them to snap off big plays. Even the last couple of weeks, Tyree Kill, fastest guy in the league. He gets a play because a, a, a cornerback falls down. Boom, easy touchdown. Or a ball squirts out of a pile, he grabs it just by chance and snaps off yeah. a 59-yard run for a touchdown. Those are the big plays he got. Well, those, those aren't scheme defenses. You know, the guy falls down. That's why the play happens. Defenses have become so good at keeping a lid on big plays, and the guys up front are so disciplined. You really have to be dominant, and it's hard to be dominant. Um, in this league physically. So teams are becoming more efficient in their offense. The final, the, you mentioned it, the final drive of the Buffalo Bills, it's 15 plays, 80-some yards, 86 yards. Yep. I mean, that's, that's really difficult to do, but that's what the Miami Dolphins were gambling on. They knew you know, that if you're going to do it to us, you're going to do it one little bit at a time, and you've got to make sure that you don't make a mistake and get behind the sticks, and then all of a sudden it's a third and 20, right. and now you can't get off the field. So both sides of the football are playing the percentages all the time. 
According to the 538's Josh Hermsmeyer, who will be joining us in just a little bit and wrote a story this past week, why NFL games are closer than ever, he says it's partially due to teams being more conservative in their passing attacks for the majority of the game. NFL teams are checking the ball down more than any season since 2006. Almost 25% of all pass attempts have been at or behind the line of scrimmage in 2022. That's nearly a 6% increase since 2006, the first year such statistics were kept. The average depth of target is down more than a yard, from eight and three quarters down to under seven and a half. All that shorter passing has led to lower overall passing yardage, which makes sense. Yards per completion is also at a 16-year low at 10.95. According to Hermsmeyer, this has all translated into fewer passing touchdowns and lower scoring. Lower scoring means that even the teams that can pile up points are choosing efficiency to reach the end zone rather than the big play, something we saw the Bills do this season for stretches. Fewer possessions, fewer possible points, and in many cases... Closer games. Does the approach make sense, though, if you're capable of being a high-powered offense? Yes, That's because the one thing that can derail a high-powered offense is turnovers. And you, when, you, when you're a high-powered offense and you're throwing the football all over the yard, the ball is at risk way more than it is when you turn around and hand it off or screen passes or when the quarterback can just throw it at the feet of the receiver because they read the screen pass. Turnovers have become the currency of getting outside of the analytics. If you've got a defense that can – we've seen it even in tackling. T- teams aren't ta- – all over the league, teams aren't tackling the same as they did in years past. They're tackling high, and they're tackling the ball rather than the man. Yeah. Because turnovers are the currency of a successful defense these days, and that, that has changed things. So the conservative passing – listen, think about it. It's a throwing league, and teams are – so afraid to turn the football over or get behind the sticks, they're just taking the easy completions. It's just the trend that's out there in the National Football League. Now, there'll be a, there'll be a swing back the other way, but the, where we are at this point in history, it's about staying on the field offensively and yeah. controlling the game with your passing game, using the passing game as an extension of your running game, and never, if possible, turning it over. Right, and the Bills are a perfect example of that. Because let's not forget, there was a stretch between about week 9 and week 12, 13, somewhere in there, where turnovers were a major problem. Josh Allen was at the center of those because the offense is centered around him and throwing the football. So the approach does make sense if you're turning the ball over. So what did the Bills do? They went with a shorter, more conservative passing attack. They actually ran the ball more in a couple of games and reduced their turnovers. So... If you're going to commit to being super efficient, you have to do it in such a way that reduces the risk of the turnovers if you're throwing it as much as right. a team like the Bills are. Interceptions, according to the 538, are at their lowest levels since 1930. Another reason for more conservative play is all the two high safety looks which have invited teams to run the football. Yards per rushing attempt, Steve, in the league right now, all-time high of 4.5 yards per carry. So in many respects, NFL defenses are forcing offenses to take shorter completions and run the ball. That, combined with more teams going for it on fourth down, lengthens possession time. Time of possession per drive league-wide is at 2 minutes and 48 seconds, the second highest it's been since 2000. 
And it's an increase from that mark of two and a half minutes in 2000 of about 16 seconds on average. Over the course of eight possessions in a game, Steve, that's two minutes and eight seconds more total on those drives. It translates on average to one fewer possession per game per team. Is that a problem? No, I, I, the problem, I know. I, if, you're, if you're a football fan, doesn't matter who's got the ball, let's watch. You know, um, I, I think it, it speaks to, you talk about, you know, in football terms, old school is kind of a derogatory term now, right? Hand it off three, yards, be, yeah. three yards in a cloud of dust. Now it's becoming kind of that same old school mentality, but you throw the football to do it. It's just get it out, get it out of the quarterback's hands, protect the quarterbacks. The quarterbacks are protected guys. And you'll see, too, the game has become about having a quarterback, a guy who takes snaps, going outside the envelope of analytics and making a play. Yeah, He's outside the pocket, Josh Allen going to his right, jumping out of bounds, throwing a touchdown. He's done it a handful of times. Yeah. Josh Allen snapping off a 41-yard run in man coverage, three-man rush with no spy, or he outruns the spy, gone. Same thing with Lamar Jackson. Same thing with Joe Burrow. These quarterbacks do something outside – the structure of the play that makes a difference in the games. And the more of those you make, the bigger game you have. Josh Allen is a perfect example of this. Pat Mahomes is the perfect example of this. Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow. You go down the list of the great quarterbacks and dangerous quarterbacks in the league. Lamar Jackson when he's healthy. That's what the game has become, this conservative kind of analytical envelope. Right. And when you get one of these unicorns who can jump outside the, the analytics envelope and do something that nobody can defend, that's the excitement, exciting part of the game. At the same time, though, if you don't have one of those guys, then the fewer possessions per game is a problem. Yes. Because you're playing a high-scoring opponent like the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Bills – you're not going to be able to keep up with them with that conservative approach yes. because your possessions are going to be reduced, your point-scoring potential is now reduced, and now you can't keep up with them. And I felt like that was what Mike McDaniel was fighting last Saturday night against the Bills in Week 15 because they were having enormous success running the ball, and then for some reason he started throwing it, and I think it's because he knew as much as I'd like to keep running the ball because it's working – we're not going to be able to keep up with the Bills on the scoreboard if we keep doing this because our possessions yep. are going to take too that, long. We're going to have fewer possessions as a result, and we're going to flat out run out of time. That's, that strategy was working, too, because they got the two big touchdowns, the the twenty the uh, the 67-yard run from Mostert, yeah. the 67-yard pass to Waddle. Right, and then, and then they know, even had a 20-yard touchdown yarder to, Hill. to Hill. That was kind of outside of what they were kind of thinking about doing, but – they got him a 10-point lead or a nine, an 8-point lead in the fourth quarter. Right. They had managed to do it snapping off big plays. Uh, and then, of course, Bills come down. They get, the, they get the touchdown to tie in the two-point to tie it with a unicorn of a play from Josh on a two-point. And then you're in a game, a tie ball game again, and you've already used up all your quota of big plays for this game. The Bills aren't going to let you. Well, and you, you can't know. get off the field defensively. That's right. the other problem. And then the Bills, you know, are able to because of this, because of Josh Allen and all that, they they stay on the field. It's you're right. The Miami, you're over there chugging along. Miami Dolphins getting five yards, six yards, snapping off an eight yard run and all that. And the Bills go out there and you know Jack, Josh Allen snaps off a forty one yard run, and or you, you know or a bad penalty that they got, uh, which was pass interference, which was I 
Yeah, I'm, I'm standing here. I think it was a good call. I mean, the guy just ran over Isaiah McKenzie. He never looked for the ball either. Uh, all of that. That kind of stuff happens. And when you have to chug, chug, chug along and be efficient and score maybe points on most of your drives, at least you know, trying to, trying to stay in there with a high-powered offense like Buffalo, it's, there's fewer things that can go wrong and still have, give you a chance. Right, and I think that's the difference between – well, Josh is a big difference between the Dolphins and Tua, but the other difference is the Bills are better at bend but don't break on defense. If you can couple a conservative but efficient offense with a bend but don't break defense, then you're really cooking with gas here. There's a term known as a four-point play – in football, it's when a red zone possession third down play by an offense is stopped by the defense, forcing them to take a field goal instead of a touchdown and a successful PAT, a difference of four points. Essentially, the defense have t- has taken four points off the board for their opponent. The 33rd team recently put together a chart of the NFL defenses that are most effective in making the so-called four-point play. The teams that are doing that the best this season are the Bills and the Titans. 25% of the time, they get a third down stop in the red zone to force a field goal. Knowing that, Steve, that six of Buffalo's 11 wins this season have been by one score or less, those so-called four-point plays loom pretty large, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. Particularly if you're in a game where the Bills' offense comes back and scores a touchdown on the next possession then then it's not only a four-point play it's an 11-point play you know because the, you know the bills you got to stop them yeah you take four off the board for them give seven to yourself with your offense that's that's an issue uh and if you miss that field goal and the bills go back on the next possession and score then it's you know then it's a 14-point swing it's it's a wildly i mean you start thinking about it in the, in the opportunities you give by not getting the all the, the maximizing your opportunities yeah man it it's pretty depressing for a team but i no doubt about it. It's situational football, particularly in the red zone. There's no question that those plays are weighted more in the outcomes of games. And, you know, with officials' calls, uh, the ability to run the football down close uh, with a quarterback like Josh, the two-point play is an absolute perfect example of why the Bills are t- such a tough out. Yeah. The Bills, though, have been on the other side of this four-point play stat as well. When Josh was in his little funk there where he was turning it over seven of nine turnovers at one point in the red zone. Right. They were the victims of those four-point plays, and it wasn't really a four-point play. It was a seven-point play because they were turning it over. They were getting nothing down there, and it's part of the reason why they dropped two straight right there in the middle of the season to the Jets and the Vikings, respectively. Not surprisingly, though, the Bills have at least one four-point play defensively in four of their six one-score victories this season. We pivot now to our guest, the guy who wrote the story about why NFL games are closer than ever for the 538. So for more on all these one-score games that we've seen this season, here's Josh Hermsmeyer. Let's begin here, Josh, concerning you know your write-up on the prevalence of close games this year, maybe more than ever in, in terms of NFL history. I find the Bills as a fascinating part of this because they kind of fall in line with a lot of the things that you outlined in your write-up for the 538. Chief among them, early in the season, they were going with a more conservative and efficient approach to their offense rather than the explosive passing attack that we had become accustomed to seeing from them the past two seasons. But to the point you made in your write-up, 
their possessions were reduced per game as a result because their drives were taking longer to complete and finish in the end zone. Um, are more and more teams sliding in that direction, more conservative, and is it because they want to reduce turnovers, do you think? Well, I mean, turnovers are at one of the lowest points in the history of the NFL, at least in the last 20 years. So certainly I think there there is some kind of risk aversion. They're trying to, you know, limit the downside of passing because they have to do it so much now the way that structure of defenses are. And I think, you know, people are saying, well, you know, these two high things and, and, and maybe the Fangio influence has been a part of why the scoring is down. I'm not sure that that's true, but I do think it's part of the reason why people are passing shorter. And uh, someone made a great point the other day, and they said, you know, the reason why a lot of teams did go to that kind of too high shell is that they were trying to stop people like Mahomes and Allen, right? Their their crazy ability to to hit the home run just from anywhere in any place. And, and, and so that makes a lot of sense that teams would run these type of defensive schemes against you guys and the Chiefs. The fact that it's gone and people are playing it against people like, uh, oh, I don't know, Jared Goff and, uh, and, and, and Kirk. <laughs> Uh, that's a little weird to me. And and so I think that's why we see in the numbers that uh, it really hasn't impacted the team's ability to march down the field, especially against quarterbacks who are looking to throw it underneath in the first place. Well, we, we've seen the Minnesota Vikings set the record for the biggest comeback in NFL history recently. And my question is, with all these games, one score game, why hasn't why are these teams given up? Like three seventeen-point leads in the second half this this week, uh, this last week. Why is it that these teams are that are down? How are they getting off the hook? I actually have a a really interesting answer to that, and it's my article this week. This game, the biggest biggest blowout or biggest comeback, and then the biggest uh, 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 kind of uh, loss, if you want to put it in, in terms of what the che- uh, Colts did was because they just didn't burn enough play clock. The game would have been over if they had just run it down to two every time they had the ball with the clock running um, in that game before the drive that tied it up with Kurt. So if Matt Ryan had to just wait for the ball, or wait for the play clock, get down to two, and then keep the defense guessing by either taking it at two or at one, uh, they would have won. The game would have been over a minute, a minute before that last drive. And actually, three of the Vikings' wins came on games like that this year because there's been so many close games and because they had fourth-quarter comebacks. If the teams they had been playing in three of those occasions had to just run down the play clock against them, they would have had three more losses. Right. And, I mean, we can remember all the way back to the time when, you know, Peyton Manning was playing in Indianapolis with a lousy defense and would routinely run the play clock down to two or one just to lengthen the time of their own possession so so as not to give the ball back to the opponent so their defense could get run over, and then he's got to go out and score another touchdown. That was like back in 2007, 8, and 9, uh, but now we're seeing it even with teams that have good defenses. Like the Bills, for example, you know they've got the ball in week four against the Ravens. They've, they've come back from 10 points down. They're tied at the end of the game, and they have the ball with four minutes left and they play this conservative approach on offense, just kind of matriculating the ball down the field and leave literally no time on the clock for their opponent. They kick the field goal, they win 20-17, to 17, and they do it again this past week against the Dolphins. It's a tie game at 29, they got six minutes and change, and they go 15 plays, 86 yards, but it's a lot of small plays. Yes, they got a defensive pass interference that gave them 20 yards, but to your point, Josh, they, they leave no margin 
for error. They kick it with two seconds left to win the game with no time on the clock. Now, I don't know if that's a byproduct of the scars of 13 seconds from last year's playoffs, but how many teams are are going to those extremes, like just running it down to absolutely nothing to win games? Because is that any more prevalent in these close games? Yeah, it is. It's. I think it's it's part and parcel of why there are fewer drives, but uh, a lot of teams are not doing it. Uh, and I don't think that if I was the Chiefs or the Bills with your guys' as quarterbacks that uh, I would be playing that type of ball anyway. I would want as many possessions as possible if I had uh, that kind of offense. So it's really kind of a strategy for teams who are underdogs or who are trying to keep the game close, shorten the game, that kind of thing. I mean, people always talk about running the ball. This is free money. Like you just you just wait. You just wait a little bit each play. You wait till two and right. uh, and you can help shorten that game. And so, um, yeah, no, I, I think the Bills, if they are shortening the game, um, if that's part of their strategy, I'm not sure it's a good one. One of the things we've seen the Bills do in games, and, and we we mentioned it even in, here just in this podcast, they have gotten a couple of games, maybe two or three games, like this one last week against the Miami Dolphins, the Baltimore game, uh, also the Patriot game in Foxborough, and also the Green Bay game here in Buffalo, where they just strangle the ability of the other team to have enough possessions. Once they get up by 17 points, they go in, they start to just bleed the play clock, like you said, get first downs, and it just seems the end of the game and the outcome just seems inevitable for a quarter and a half or almost the entire second half, where the Bills aren't really flexing their offensive firepower, and yet the other team can't get back into the game because they're going to run out of time. That seems to be, and a handful, not every game that the Bills get a lead in, but a handful of games that just seems the it just seems almost boring and you know just to watch that the outcome just seems predetermined yeah if i'm a fan i don't know that a win is ever boring but i take your point and and that's good to hear i mean that's the, that's the way to do it right i mean they say to run the ball but this is just another way of bleeding clock and uh um and with with the way the league's going this year where you do have to put together long drives to score just because of the way defenses are playing the good quarterbacks, um, then, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, these close games uh, are tough that way. It increases what we would say, the nerds would say, is it increases variance. So when you have fewer possessions, it's a fewer times for the better team to actually show that they're better. Last one I've got for you, Josh, concerns the stat that you pointed out that right now yards per rushing attempt in the league is at an all-time high of 4.5 yards per carry. Steve and I wonder about this sometimes. It is unquestionably a passing league and probably will be for a long time. Is there ever a chance that it flips back or there's one or two or maybe three outlier teams? The 49ers used to be that under Jim Harbaugh, um, where it just flips back and one team just dominates all of these you know, lighter weight defenses that are built to stop the pass and suddenly they're the unstoppable force that jumps on this yards per carry train with all the two high safety looks from football teams. I mean, you guys drafted the running back, uh, uh, Cook. I, I, I would think that that was going to be a part of your season. It, it doesn't seem to have been. He's been active in the passing game, I believe, pretty, mm-hmm. pretty well the last couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, w- I was expecting the Bills to really kind of lean into the run this year, just the way things were setting up. And uh, no, it hasn't been the case. They've been leaning on on Josh's legs again which pretty effective. So uh, I, 
I think that, uh, you know, a big part of that rushing number is also these mobile quarterbacks. Um, but it definitely has something to do with, uh, the, the tendency for teams to now go into games looking to stop the pass rather than stop the run first. Last thing from me, Josh, and I know that you may not be able to answer this because it has to do with this season in and of itself. And the Bills start out scoring 31 on opening day against the Rams, and they score 41 against the Titans. Uh, Is there a trend within this season for these teams, you know, to go out? The Bills win by 21. They they win by 34, that kind of thing. Uh, They win by 35 points over the Steelers. Is there a trend within the season as teams – you know, get them get defenses get their mind around how offenses are attacking them. Is it is there a trend headed one way or the other? As we get closer to the end of the season, it seems like everybody's getting closer and closer to these ones. These one score games are being more popular, uh, more common than they were at the beginning of the season. Do you see that trend happening, or is that just uh, just a Buffalo Bills phenomenon? Yeah, no, it looks like uh, the trend is going to continue uh, this year, probably for another year, I think, but. You have seen some deviations from it. Guys like um, in, in Los Angeles, the Chargers, they kind of played that that too high stuff a little differently than than a lot of teams have been doing this year. Um, and and I think I think what you're going to see is a, is a is a move back to stopping the run next year. I think, but for the for the remainder of this year, I think you're going to see more of these close games because they're forcing teams to pass short and march down the field. I think that's a especially in the playoffs, it's going to be a, a way to try to stop these teams with good quarterbacks. Good insight, Josh. Thanks, as always, for the time. We appreciate it. We'll continue to look for your stuff on 538. Thanks much. Thanks for having me. Time for the numbers game, and Steve is going to try to guess a bunch of NFL one-score game questions, all dealing with the 2022 season. We deal with the current here, Steve, okay? Are we ready? All right, let's go. Question number one, Steve, can you guess the NFL team that has a perfect record this season in one-score games? They are unbeaten in one-score games. Philly. It is not Philadelphia. Uh, Minnesota. It is the Minnesota Vikings. Nine and zero. Oh. They should instead of having Viking horns on the side of their helmet, they should be the ones with the horseshoes. On yeah, the it's already an NFL record for most consecutive one-score. They're victories. the most. Fortunate. They have nine. They're the most fortunate franchise. You want to talk about a lucky season? Week after week after well, week, play after play after play. They are absolutely fortunate. I totally agree. But last year, if you remember, they lost four games at the gun last yeah, year. I get it. So it's complete it's, 180. And it's it evens out. And we, we we have the analytics guys on here. They'll tell you over time, all that stuff evens out. So yeah. the 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 Vikings are either getting back a bunch that they've gone against them or. They're playing with house money, one of the two, but it's going to even out for them. Question number two, Mr. Tasker. What is Buffalo's record in one-score games this season? Four and two. You're close. You want to take one more kick at it? (laughs) (laughs) It's not four and two. Um, Oh, gosh. No, I'm not going to take it. They are six and three. Six and three. Oh, I knew that. One Golly, of those. We talked about that. Well, I think on our daily show, One Bills oh. Live. One of those three losses was obviously to Minnesota in overtime. The others were Miami and the Jets earlier this season. Right. Question number three: Which NFL team has won all their games this season? 
by one score or less. Now, Minnesota's 9-0 and in one-score games. They have more than nine yeah. wins this season, so it's not them. There is an NFL team. Every single one of their victories this season is by one score or less. I have a great guess for this. Okay. The New York football giants. And you would be 100% correct. Well done, know, Mr. James. Tasker. I, All I, eight of their wins have been by eight Points or less. That a boy, Dave. Sweating it out every Brian single. Brian Dayball week. got them, got them playing. That I knew they uh, they got off to the fast start, and they you want to call them scrappy, but that doesn't give them enough respect. They're playing good football, and there's been some teams, particularly obviously early in the season, that did not. Yeah, mm, good for them. So they're in the hunt here, eight five and one, uh, all eight of them by eight points or less. Yeah, I mean, Bills fans think. You know, they're biting their fingernails during football games. You watch the Giants this year. Giants, My gosh. Giants fans are taking <laughs> medication, I'm telling you. All right, last question. Question number four. Which NFL team has the most one-score losses this season? Houston. Houston has six. They are not the leader. How close to the leader are they? The leader in the league has eight one-score losses. Vegas. This nope, you're close. Las Vegas has seven. <laughs> uh, there is one team with more. Wait, one wait, more oh, than that. Denver. Bingo. The Denver Broncos, eight one-score losses this season. Good. Let's ride. Good God. <clears throat> They yeah. played 14 games, eight losses by one score. There's a bunch of teams with one score losses. Yeah. Obviously, with all these one score games, here's a quick rundown, okay? Denver with eight, as you guessed. Great Lead defense. the league with one score losses. Good defense. Las Vegas, seven. seven. Yeah. Atlanta, seven. Oh. Chicago, seven. Houston, six. Jacksonville, six. Seattle with six. Really? Seattle is a 500 team. At seven and seven, and six of their seven losses, one score or less. I'll say this. I, Same thing with Jacksonville. Think about, and think about Denver. They're right where they were like 12 months ago when they thought we're a quarterback away. What I, they got this great defense. It's the same thing going on right now. You you feel like you're not that far away when yeah. you, you have all these close games. Just one play here, one. even if you win half of those one-score games. Your season is completely transformed. Yeah, you're not and seven and seven. You're like of, ten and four. Bills fans can get relate to this. Think about if you win the Minnesota game and you win the first Miami game. If you get that, if they get the ball down and they and they kick yeah. the field goal at the end, you're sitting here at thirteen and one, just like Philly. Yeah, and it, it, things are way different coming down the yeah. stretch. Well, that was a fun numbers game and a very telling one at that uh, in terms of the state of the league and how close. All these games are. Nice job, Steve. A couple of those guests, especially the Giants one. You hit that nail on the head. Who wants to win a million dollars? If it's you, you can with FanDuel's free pick'em style game, high-low. Pick teams for four different categories that you think will score the highest or lowest for the week. The more you get right, the more you can win. Get them all correct, and you could take home a million dollars. Just go to FanDuel.com slash high-low to play. That's H-I-L-O. I've got the high for points this week, and... I am taking Kansas City. I know the Chiefs play with their food sometimes against inferior opponents, but after last week's nail-biter with Houston, I expect a more focused Chiefs offense this week against Seattle's 29th-ranked defense. Kansas City high for points. 
low for points. I'm rolling with the Patriots against the Bengals. As much as I'd like to see New England help the Bills with a win this coming weekend, the New England offense is broken. (laughs) Patriots, low for points. All right, I've got uh, passing yards. High for passing yards. I'm going to take Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. They're playing the Giants this week, and their defense has been hit and miss all season. Minnesota's been able to rack up passing yards every week. So I'm thinking um, the Vikes are going to continue that trend. Vikings high for passing yards. Low for passing yards. The Atlanta Falcons are playing rookie quarterback Desmond Ritter. They're facing a Ravens defense, and the Ravens need this game. I don't think Desmond Ritter is going to have a great day. So Falcons low for passing yards. Okay, high for rushing yards. I'm going to that same game. I'm taking Baltimore. Even if Lamar Jackson is back, I don't see him doing a lot of running around off the knee injury, so they're likely to hand the ball off a lot especially against a lower third run defense in Atlanta. So Ravens, high for rushing yards. Low for rushing yards, I'm taking Houston. Damian Pierce has had a nice rookie season, but without a passing game, the Titans will load the box to stop him. So Texans, low for rushing yards. Okay, Brownie, the apocalypse is upon us. Oh, no. Uh, High for sacks. Your Detroit Lions. Wow! I, I picked the Lions on a high on a high statistic. Yeah, the Detroit. Listen, Carolina can't throw it right now. Sam Darnold, his internal clock is non-existent, and I see Detroit getting home a couple of times. I think the Lions are going to be high for sacks this week okay. and low for sacks. The Seattle Seahawks are playing the Chiefs. They don't see the Chiefs very often. And Pat Mahomes is uh, a revelation for some of these pass rushing teams that go in there. They can't; uh, they're they're not going to be able to find him, let alone get him on the ground. So I think Seattle is lowest in sack totals. This okay, week. so those are our picks for NFL high low in Week 16. Time for our closing figure, and it deals with our earlier discussion about four point plays. The all important stop on third down in the red zone defensively to prevent a touchdown and force a field goal on Buffalo's. 20 stops on third down in the red zone this season. Nine of them were even better than a four-point play, Steve. They were essentially a seven-point play on nine of their 20 third down stops in the red zone. Three were takeaways. Three were missed or blocked field goals. And three were turnover on downs, meaning the Bills didn't just force a field goal. Their opponent came away with nothing on almost (laughs) half of those red zone stops. Pretty impressive indeed. That'll do it for this edition of Bills by the Numbers. Be sure to subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use or watch us on the YouTube channel because when you need to know about the Bills, you need to check Bills by the Numbers. For Steve Tasker, I'm Chris Brown. We'll catch you next time, everybody. 